This is Cyber Defense Radio with your host and cybersecurity expert, Gary Malefsky. Gary brings to you another globally recognized cybersecurity executive in the hot seat today. Sitting in my hot seat today is a very special guest at an incredible company. It's Yossi Applebaum, and he is the CEO of SEPIOcyber.com, but it's Sepio. It's a really cool Sepio cybersecurity company. Sepio, he's going to tell us what it means because it's a it's a word we should all know. And he's bringing visibility and control down to the hardware level on hardware inventory risk and the whole zero-day vulnerability impact that you might not even know you have in tremendous risk that you might not know about. Yossi's going to help us understand it. Welcome to the hot seat. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. There was a breach uh, where uh, a hacker, famous, the soup Nazi hacker, had the Pringles can and he aimed it at at, uh, at a Marshall store and he got the MAC address of the wireless router and he spoofed the MAC address of a barcode scanner. Next thing you know, he steals 100 million credit cards from TJ Maxx. Famous attack, spoofing a MAC address. Years later, we have network access control where we're trying to track command control all these MAC addresses, but it's a lot of work. You see, what do you do differently from NAC and how do you do it? So uh, first, again, thank you for having me here. The approach is uh, in Sepio is looking into the physical existence of devices. Uh, I keep telling some customers, uh, you know, I don't care what the application is doing. I don't care what device is doing. I care the device is there. So focus on device existence, being able to detect devices just because they are there and not because of they act or do not act based on what we predict makes us more modern and more resilient. Because think about antiviruses uh, in the late 90s or beginning of 90s, they were trying to predict what is good and what is bad. And, and we lost in that battle because it's impossible to predict. So our approach is let's focus on existence. Let's understand what we have. Let's understand the risk that every element inside our, our hardware inventory is bringing. And based on that, uh, be able to assess if we are in a, okay zone or in a risky zone. Now, the technology is based, and when we become a bit technical, it is based on the physical layer, layer one. Now, when we look on the stack, we see so many solutions based on traffic analysis or layer two Mac-based uh, uh, analysis of inv inventory. You mentioned NAC, there are many other solutions that are literally tapping into the traffic from the uh, common solutions in the IT industry like intrusion detection systems and many other uh, into the areas of OT and IoT solutions. Our approach is different. We do not get into anal analysis of the traffic that is running in the network. We literally go to your network infrastructure, going to your endpoints and using out-of-box management interfaces in order to collect layer one information, analog information, meaningless by many experts in the industry in terms of what is voltage, current, impedance, noise, shape of signal. It brings nothing to the cyber desk, but it brings a lot. And what we are doing in the last several years is building a capability to use that meaningless information in order to literally fingerprint device. Think about your end. You put it on the desk and you leave your mark. You can change your display from Gary to any other name. And this is like spoofing a MAC address your fingerprint or your DNA do not change. So Sepio is creating and created what we call the hardware risk factor, HRF. And that hardware risk factor is based on multiple uh, indicators. One of them is the actual fingerprint of the device. There are other 
multiple uh, indicators like the uniqueness of that device, uniqueness in, in, inside the organization, the one of us, some people call it, or one of in what we call CPU universe, because we collect information which is literally anonymous and metadata from many of our customers being able to create that view. We can get into details of that for hours, but generally speaking, I think that uh, our approach is to focus on the existence and not on the activity, being able to detect any element inside your network, not just on the ethernet or the Wi-Fi, literally any component, any module, any uh, peripheral that is connected to your endpoints and being able to bring that visibility as well as the risk factor of each element, giving you the tools to literally decide what is bearable and what is for, you know, not for you. Yes, at the hardware layer, you're guaranteed to understand what specifically. Is it a chipset, like you said, voltage? Is it, I'm certain it's this fingerprint that can't be changed because of the way the, the chip works, uh, but does that tell you enough or is it telling you things no one else has ever used before? Could you explain that a little further? Yes, so fingerprint is based on absolutely the components, but also on the way the device is being built. If you take two same components and put one in your mouse uh, and one in a keyboard and the PCB layout will be different and the manufacturing process will be different, the fingerprint will be different. So it starts with the components, as we call it, the fingerprint was defined by the engineer, not intentionally, of course, but by the engineer that chose uh, components, then by the PCB layout uh, process, then by the manufacturing process. So fingerprint is quite unique. And we use that in order to identify device based on real ID. So uh, think about spoof device, think about supply chain manipulations, think about uh, being able to detect device, not just because it has a MAC address. What about unmanaged devices? You know, that $5 ethernet switch that someone brings uh, to his room uh, because he needs more ports and it's, you know, many will call it shadow assets or shadow IT, great terms to use, but how can you find these? They don't have any MAC address, a NAC, generally speaking, will not be able to detect them. Of course, traffic monitoring will not be able to detect that. So there's a DNA to the device. It has, you know, some uh, uh, Air Force guys that we sometimes speak with, uh, try to compare that to a radar signature. Uh, in a way it is, it is unique to that device and someone else may fly the plane, still the plane is the same plane. Now what? So can we determine that there, are you also doing the actual vulnerability assessment or how, how do we understand about zero day? And, and a lot of people talk about zero day exploits or even zero hour. You're talking about the exploitable side, the open doors, windows, holes, the vulnerabilities. Absolutely. And there are also zero days and there are many, many things that are being discovered a long time. I'll give one example to that first. We have a customers that allow BYOD, a, a, not just allow BYOD, they work for momentarily. So they really don't have any control of what is being connected to their endpoints, for example. And one day we all, we all open the, uh, the news and see that there is a gaming mouse that has vulnerability that eventually uh, opens a door to elevate users and get admin rights into, and it's a wireless device, so they can do it from outside your house. 
Now it is vulnerability, which is uncontrolled and many customers don't, or many organizations don't know if they have such thing. Our customers, a couple of them at, at that morning ran a query, show me all of these devices and shockingly or unshockingly, we found tens of these in, 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 inside uh, people's houses because eventually you walk from home, there was COVID, you had to take some mouse that works and a couple of them were actually these uh, gaming mouse. So uh, this is in the game of know what you have. Now it's literally being able, back to your question, to bring data and bring story to the devices we find. So yes, we do research. We use a lot of big data. We are actually collecting more than 150 a million fingerprints of devices all the time. So being able to literally bring a big data knowledge into the game. Uh, and the last one is absolutely being able to research incidents uh, together with our customers and by our own uh, research team uh, all around the clock. Now, NMAP was a game changer by my friend Theodore and everybody who's anybody with any network packet uh, skills gets a hold of Nmap, right? What you're doing is completely proprietary. Uh, is there an API? Would you license or partner with others? It sounds like the work you've done is phenomenal, uh, kind of like Nmap, but this is your secret sauce. This, the sauce is secret, uh, even though, you know, it's patented, so everyone can go and see how, uh, how we do and what we do. But generally speaking, absolutely, we team up with many, many other solutions. So from orchestration tools to SIM tools to uh, even micro-segmentation tools. We have not just for the drawer designs, but literally to really large customers and ability to do it on site together with them and other vendors to come out with a complete solution from layer one to layer seven in some cases, or specific use case that covers the unknowns in work from home or supply chain big thing for really large global organization and needless to say to our customers and friends within the U.S. federal government. And there are many, many use cases to the same problem we solve. Uh, I keep telling uh, many of uh, our people that, you know, we have multiple stories, but eventually it's one story. Being able to be to the point with ability to discover devices, attach a risk to that and, and bring actionable data to that risk by recommendations, by integrations with other tools. This so complements uh, what's going on with a MITRE and the attack framework. You know, they start at the top. What happens when the software at the top gets exploited? And, you know, how are the exploits happening? But hardware is exploitable too. And as you said, you may have hardware that is, uh, it can't be fixed or changed and it's vulnerable and you need to know it. So maybe you have to buy a new piece of gear, or take it off the network or, you know, make a demand to your team, no more gaming mice by this vendor until the vendor guarantees a fix. It's pretty incredible. D does this stuff roll into the CVE, the Common Vulnerability and Exposure Program at all, or is this a whole new area? It's a whole new area. And I think that uh, one of the challenges uh, when bringing that to awareness, now it's easier than it was when we started, was to uh, stop talking just about these James Bond stories, as we call them, just about the cool attacks. And we've seen plenty of these through the years and before, but eventually think about your software assets today. You have so many tools, not just to block attacks, and of course they do block attacks, but also to understand what you have, understand the risk, understand the vulnerability, and understand what you have in terms of what will happen 
when things will, will occur eventually. It's not exactly as we have today in common regarding your hardware. Now, many organizations think that they move to the cloud, they have no hardware anymore, but it's not true. I keep telling people that are Zooming uh, in, into conversation with us and they say, hey, we don't have any hardware anymore. And I was like, and what are you using when you are talking to me? Your endpoint is connected to a network. Maybe it's not your network, but it is a network and that a network is vulnerable by itself or actually risks your entire organization. So the fact that you don't have servers means nothing. The fact that you have servers held by someone else or held in your private cloud, you just put everyone in the same room. So physically they are still vulnerable to uh, hardware attacks, not to mention supply chain manipulations and many other. So eventually being able to know what you have is a great beginning. There is the hard moment in 100% of the cases we deploy our uh, technology. No one, no one in any maturity of cyber from really early stage uh, organization to highly secured organization know what they have. There is roughly 40% of their hardware assets unknown to them. So think about a several hundred thousand employees organization. They have several million hardware devices. There is an argument between CISOs sometimes and their teams if they have 800,000 elements or 4 million elements. And we have a case that there were way more than that. So how can you secure it? If you, you know, it's a cliche, but how you can secure something you really don't know about it? You can't secure what you don't know you have. And the hackers do know, uh, the cyber criminals, the cyber terrorists, the nation states do know and attacking at the hardware level or even pre-planning by designing chips and things uh, that sneak into supply chain, it's really important to learn. For example, that mouse, was it just a, a weak piece of code or was it designed to exploit on purpose? And were they funded by a nation state? I mean, these are amazing ways of exploitation that if we can't understand our hardware, forget about the software. The hardware is the lowest layer. It's, it's the foundation layer. We, you know, in many aspects, it's our ground zero. And uh, if we won't be aware to that, we may find ourselves in a really bad day or bad year. And, and, and that's a part of the, what keeps us very excited about what we bring. And, you know, we are experienced in team of founders, of managers in the company, of engineers. And what keeps us edge, uh, awake and, and happy is that we are solving a real problem. And uh, shockingly, by the way, many years after I've been uh, exposed to the vulnerabilities of hardware in my past life, I was kind of surprised when we started to think about CPO that the problem is way bigger than what we assumed at the beginning. And we early, every morning sometimes find proof to that and proof to the magnitude of that on really large critical infrastructure organizations. Yossi, who, who can deploy you and how quickly can they be deployed? Is it only for large enterprise, Fortune 1000, big government banks? Who, who can deploy you? We, we try to limit the, the options and, and eventually, you know, focus our efforts in market into the more mature customers, because I think that if you don't have the basic controls, you have bigger problems than just dealing with the other. But organizations that have the basic controls, they have some sort of endpoint security and network security and 
and, and application security should consider Sepio. Uh, generally speaking, we are after uh, chasing after customers in the upper, upper SMB to really large T1 organizations from really the big names that you can imagine in financial institutions, in healthcare, critical infrastructure, and yes, government. We are selling all around the world. I keep saying all around the world in places that we want to sell. So, you know, Western world. Generally uh, speaking, I think that it's vertical agnostic. We have customers in uh, smart buildings. We have customers in hospitals, banks, and multiple agencies from, you name it. Literally, you can name it. That's great. Yossi Applebaum, you are the CEO of Sepio at sepiocyber.com. Is there anything else you want to share with our viewers and listeners that we haven't yet uncovered? Yes. Uh, one, one simple thing, you know, awareness is all about that. Yes, we are a business. We want to sell, but we uh, really love to share education material. I strongly suggest people to follow on what we do in social media, in our website, in LinkedIn, in Facebook. Learn more about that. Bring it to the awareness of the relevant people. We'll be happy to, to talk with them about what we do. But more important than anything, be aware to that vulnerability and family of vulnerabilities and try to protect yourself as much as possible. That's great advice. And I think on your homepage, you have a link to a report you guys have just finished. Yes. That's great, folks. Go get the report. Learn more about Sepio Cyber. And uh, if you don't get to the hardware layer first, the bad guys will. So we've got to understand what we have, get the visibility, and then get the defenses in place and reduce the risk. You've been listening to Cyber Defense Radio. Stay tuned next time for another amazing and informative episode. CyberDefenseRadio.com is proudly part of the Cyber Defense Media Group, where InfoSec knowledge is power. Cyber Defense TV and Cyber Defense Radio have launched 24 by 7 by 365 live streams. Visit them online today at cyberdefense.tv and cyberdefense.radio with your host and globally recognized cybersecurity expert and my good friend, Gary Malewski.